This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. What's the future of policing in Chicago after the Jason Van Dyke guilty verdict on Friday? And does it involve President Trump, who uh, chimed in again, not his first time referencing Chicago, but he was pretty specific yesterday. And I have directed the attorney general's office to immediately go to the great city of Chicago to help straighten out the terrible shooting wave. Want to straighten it out? Want to straighten it out fast? There's no reason for what's going on there. I've told them to work with local authorities to try to change the terrible deal the city of Chicago entered into with ACLU, which ties law enforcement's hands, and to strongly consider stop and frisk. It works, and it was meant for problems like Chicago. It was meant for it. So, yeah, he... uh... You know, and of course, Mayor Emanuel shot back right away because we are a Trump free zone here in Chicago. I don't know oh, if yes. you got the memo. Oh, yeah. And we took the Trump signs down near the Trump Tower. So, you know, but he rejected not the one on the tower. No, not the one on the tower. But they, they made efforts to take that down. But he rejected President Trump's call for Chicago police to start using a stop and frisk. Yeah, well, of course, he attacked a tiny dancer. Yeah. Uh, so here's the, the thing about um, about uh, Trump's call. That's interesting. We, we mentioned the statistic yesterday. I think it bears repeating because it's just staggering. In the four years, almost to the day, mm-hmm. from the Laquan McDonald shooting to Van Dyke's conviction, nearly 2,500 murders, mm. more than 11,000 people shot and wounded. In four years, 2,500 murdered 11,000 shot and plus shot and wounded. And so when it comes to order of magnitude, and I understand, and I say this as the caveat all the time, police are held to a higher standard than civilians, and they should be. Got it. But when it comes to the rank order of priority with respect to public safety, disproportionately for the minority communities in the city of Chicago, that because we're the most segregated major city in the country, are clustered on the south and west sides, is it the police that they have to fear the most or individuals that live within or feast on their neighborhoods? I mean, what, what, what's the number of police-involved shootings on an annualized basis over that time period? What's it average? About a dozen? Maybe, yeah. And almost all of those have been deemed good shoots. 2,500, 11,000. I'm not saying that... Um, this is a job for the federal government. I think it's a job for the state and local government here, starting with the local government. But when you have civilian political authorities abdicate, you know, power hates a vacuum. And a lot of people hate seeing the, the carnage on the streets of Chicago. So the president is uh, opining on the topic, uh, even if uh, that's the only thing he ultimately does in addition to dispatching Jeff Sessions. But you still have this matter of a consent decree. Uh, and um, 
that's something the Department of Justice could reconsider. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if uh, you could get uh, the political leadership of the city to reconsider. For more on all of these topics in the post-Van Dyke conviction world, we're pleased to be joined again by Kevin Graham, who is the president of the Chicago FOP, FOP Lodge 7. Kevin, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So um, why don't we start with the President of the United States, and, and how did you react to uh, what he said and to his uh, announcement he was dispatching uh, Jeff Sessions uh, to Chicago? Well, uh, I, first of all, I was very happy. We have been speaking with the Justice Department for the last several months, um, and we have been asking them uh, to intervene in the consent decree. Um, we have said, you did the investigation. Um, you know what the problems are. Um, the problems are not with the members on the street, uh, the members that I represent. The problem has to do with the uh, political landscape and with um, – it certainly started with the leadership in the police department. Now, I will say that a lot of the leadership in the police department has turned over. Um, there are some things that are going correctly. Um, but right now, we still are not invited to the table to discuss the problems that are occurring in the city. And what did you think about uh, President Trump's, you know, call for Chicago police to start using stop and frisk tactics? Is that going to help, you know? curb the city's violent well, crime numbers? Well, first of all, um, the stop and frisk, in, at least in New York, was ruled um, uh, unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. However, what we were doing prior to that was certainly legal. We were filling out cards, um, documenting why we were stopping people. Uh, the problem was that the city and the police department entered into an agreement with the ACLU filling out long paperwork um, trying to uh, really put the emphasis on the police and not on the offender. And at, at that point, it became uh, not just encumbersome, but it became a problem because the officers could be disciplined simply by making a mistake. So why would I risk uh, being suspended for a day um, simply by making a, a simple mistake on a form. I mean, it was clearly a move to try and keep the police from stopping criminals. And so um, the consent decree or the, um, the community's posture towards police in the wake of the Van, Dial, uh, Van Dyke conviction, uh, which is going to be more impactful, more lasting in terms of the way Chicago police do their job? Oh, the consent decree. You're, you, you, they want to turn over the control of the Chicago Police Department to a federal judge. And this federal judge has already uh, said that when we've asked to intervene um, to, put, to make sure we have a seat at the table, he's already told us no. This is the exact problem that we have had for a number of years that the FOP has not been allowed at the table. And they are continuing it now through a federal judge. Um, it's, we're going to be in court for a long time. Uh, we're, we, we would like, uh, first of all, I'm very grateful for to President Trump to, to send the Justice Department. Um, I think if, the, if Jeff Sessions and the Justice Department take a good hard look at this, um, they will see what we see, that they need to take this back over and they need to do it correctly. 
Uh, I wanted to get, uh, we talked to Dan Herbert, Jason Van Dyke's defense attorney yesterday, as well as Joe McMahon, the prosecutor. But uh, Herbert said that uh, it's under his understanding that the conviction will be appealed. And so I wanted to get your reaction to the Van Dyke verdict and next steps. Um, well, my, my uh, feelings on the verdict were that the jury got it wrong. Um, they, what they, I don't think they understood was uh, that this is somebody who it's not about what they think the fear was. It's about Van Dyke's fear. Certainly, I know that when uh, Jason Van Dyke took the stand, he was telling the truth. Uh, and the jury didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. The reality is that if it's not like sitting in home watching a video or sitting in a courtroom watching a video where you're nice and safe. You're on the street, and that person with the knife is in front of you. It's what that officer feels, and that's what they needed to look at, and I don't believe they did. Now, I'm not here to criticize the jury. I think that the jury instructions uh, could have been better. Uh, But certainly, um, this is a a problem. We are going to appeal it, Um, although it does – we have a process, and that means it goes to our legal defense committee. If our legal defense committee approves it, which I believe they will, then it goes to the board of directors, and the board of directors needs to approve it as well. Well, how does this affect every Chicago police officer? You know, these guys are out there working their butts off every night trying to keep the city safe. Um, you can't keep tying their hands. Uh, you got to let them go out and do good police work. And that's exactly what they, they've done. You know, we answer uh, a million calls a year. And, you know, you can always find somebody who's going to complain because sometimes we have to pick winners and losers. But these guys work hard, and I, I think that how this Van Dyke is going to uh, directly impact them is they're going to be thinking about the consequences of the actions that they take. And very, very carefully, and I don't, what I don't want is them to hesitate and get hurt uh, or or killed, and that's a, that's a big concern of mine. Well, um, it, you know. it, it seems like we have a bit of a, a paradox here. And um, I had a I got a text from a Chicago police officer friend of mine who said after the verdict on Friday that uh, proactive policing in Chicago died today. And and on the one hand, we say these guys and women do their jobs and they work hard and put their lives online. All that's true. The other hand, we say these the these the, the, the lack of civilian authority, political authority backup matters. Um, some of these uh, uh, decisions by courts, whether it's a consent decree or a verdict, matter, and it negatively impacts their ability to do their job. So the net net, something has to give, right? They're they're inclined and, and willing to do their job and willing to risk their lives and willing to uh, try to keep the peace but they're being restrained from doing so, according to experts in the space. And so the net-net is that the city is going to be less safe or more safe, that police are going to be able to do their jobs or not do their jobs. We, we sort of have to pick a side in this, don't we? You know, I, I think it's about, here's what the judge, I, I want to answer your question. The Justice Department has changed their position uh, on consent decrees and what they have been doing is they have trying to include everybody to come to um, agreements on these, and which has been working well. 
So where the problems are, they address the problems, and they don't try and dismantle the police department or significantly change that. So that has been their new policy over the last year since uh, the Trump administration got in. Um, you know, I don't think people need to pick sides. I think what they need to do is use a little common sense. First of all, we have plenty of oversight on the police department. Um, you know, every time there's a police shooting, um, an entire packet of what occurred goes to um, the FBI, uh, the state's attorney, and I think there's 14 or 16 packets that go out to various uh, departments and agencies to make sure that there is oversight in a police shooting. But people just don't like the outcome when the officer is clear, and um, they want to keep having another crack at the police. Uh, you know, some people would call that double jeopardy. Um, but I think that what is needed is some common sense thinking. First of all, we have far too much oversight in the police department already. We have internal affairs, COPA. We have, um, you know, command channel review. We have uh, the online supervisors. Um, we also have, you know, uh, the state's attorney. Uh, the state police have their integrity unit. Um, you know, I can go on and on, and not to mention the inspector general. Have you uh, spoken with Jason Van Dyke via the phone or been in contact with his family? Uh, I have spoken with his family. Uh, I spoke with um, both his wife and his father uh, yesterday. Um, uh, these are difficult times. Um, this is this is somebody who, certainly in my opinion, uh, and in the opinion of most police officers, uh, should not have been uh, locked up. Um, he went to work that day. He wasn't intending to shoot anyone. And um, it's very difficult to say that this man is being locked up for 23 hours a day and could be for a very, very long time. Well, this I is not somebody who is a danger to society. You know, on that matter of the p potential length of his sentence, that's a subject for some debate and uh, a pending sentencing report. But if uh, Jason Van Dyke were to get uh, the lower end of what he could get, uh, which uh, we discussed with uh, Dan Herbert yesterday, you know, maybe get six years um, or versus the higher end. I mean, if he gets um, in the single digits of years, uh, are you concerned at all that uh, we may have uh, unrest delayed? Uh, in reaction to a what was going to be perceived as a light sentence, because you know what uh, proponents of his conviction have been saying, that uh, this he could spend the rest of his life in jail, he should spend the rest of his life in jail, and so forth. They're expecting a, a substantial sentence. Well, first of all, uh, to even uh, put him in the category of, uh, you know, uh, some of the murderers uh, that have spent, time in, in, in jail is ridiculous. Um, you know, he simply went to do his job. And, and I said this the other day, and I, I, I got a lot of criticism on it, but I'm going to say it again today. Okay. Um, physicians and pharmacists kill almost 100,000 people every year uh, through mistakes that they make. Nobody's looking to indict them um, simply because a police officer uh, goes and does the job that he was hired to do and trained to do. And I, and I want to emphasize, emphasize on that. Um, now they want to try and get their pound of flesh out of them, and I think it's wrong. And, I, and when I specifically answer your question about, uh, the, about whether there'll be unrest, no. We, uh, 
I think that, that most people realize that he is entitled to due process. He, has, he is not a danger to society. And when we have people who have gone out and done uh, horrendous things to the public, uh, they don't get this this much time. So I think it's up to the judge uh, to take a look at the totality of the circumstances. I want to uh, get your reaction to this story in the uh, Chicago Crusader about uh, eight aldermen, African-American aldermen, who received uh, upwards of $300,000 in campaign contributions oh. from Rahm Emanuel uh, uh, during the runoff in 2015 for his reelection. Four seconds. That's all the time it took to pass the Chicago City Council ordinance April 15, 2015, a proposed settlement to pay Tina Hunter, the mother of Laquan McDonald, $5 million, uh, a $5 million legal settlement. Eight days before, Rahm Emanuel had beaten Chewy Garcia in the first ever runoff, uh, and uh, it was revealed that uh, a group of black aldermen, along with uh, the other, another 39 aldermen, Approved the five million dollar settlement more uh, more than a month after they received three hundred grand in campaign donations during the runoff period in that 2015 election. There's some suggestion in this piece that essentially African American aldermen who've been silent on the topic were bought off by Rahm Emanuel and part of a cover up to push this whole matter past his 2015 reelection. And I wonder how you react to the level of accountability that has been visited upon Rahm or the city council in this whole matter. Um, well, <laughs> there's a lot to answer there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, the mayor is not running again. I, uh, I, I, I think it's time for somebody new to come in. Uh, I think it's time for somebody who believes in the rule of law and in law enforcement. Um, that way we can get the city back on track. Um, people are not going to move their businesses here if we have, as you said at the top of the hour, uh, 11,000 people uh, shot um, or wounded. And that's, um, that's unacceptable. Um, I do think that when we have an, um, what's really become an industry um, where people have gone into court to try and get um, uh, the wrongful conviction, quote, um, overturned when they actually did do the crimes, um, people need to take a, a harder look at these cases. We've certainly gone to the city council and said, look, uh, don't pay off millions of dollars to somebody who broke into a house, killed the parents, and kidnapped the children, and yet they paid them anyways. I think that it is important that each case be reviewed. Bring, let, let's ask the officers what happened in these cases, because this business of, oh, they were tortured or they were um, somehow coerced into a confession um, really is, uh, is not true in, many, in most of these cases, and that um, a lot of what it is is uh, problems in the uh, city's law office. So when, some, so when somebody passes a, a, an ordinance, um, and that there is campaign contributions um, put out there. I think that needs to be investigated uh, by either the attorney general or um, uh, the, the state attorney general, excuse me, uh, Lisa Madden's office, or by uh, the inspector general to find out if there was improprieties done. All right. He is Kevin Graham. He's the president of Chicago uh, Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 7. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having me.
and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.